0: But you still choose to follow. If it doesn't make sense right now, it will when it's over. not done with it yet, there will be joy in the morning. Giving in to your feelings is like drowning in the shadows.
1: Gentlemen, welcome to Rise Up, episode 83. Wow, what a song! What a great song! Joy in the morning, there will be joy in the morning. And yesterday we celebrated Passover as we now get into Good Friday tomorrow, and then, of course, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior on Sunday for Easter. I've kind of been a little bit, uh Not upset, maybe disappointed is the right word. I've been a little disappointed this week that that the devil used so many major cultural and political events to get our mind off of Jesus during the most holy week of the year for a Christian. And really for everybody, because Jesus died for everybody. Doesn't matter if you follow him or not. And there is joy this morning. Somebody said there is joy this morning, but not for Joy Reed <laughs> or Joy Behar. <laughs> That's true. That is true. There is joy this morning, though, because no matter what is happening in our country, in our homes, at work, no matter what's going on, Over 2,000 years ago this week, Jesus took the pain, the suffering, and the sin of the world on his shoulders, took that yoke for him to bear and not you, and created another pathway for you to go back to heaven with God. I mean, if that is not the most amazing thing in human history, I don't know what is outside of the birth of the universe. Somebody said wrong profile again. I, I, you must be, oh, Victoria said she, mu- I, she must have two profiles. Uh, so, ju- so I just want to let you know that now that we've gotten over the craziness of this week, I really, really, really want to focus on Holy Week the rest of the week. Passover last night, Good Friday tomorrow, Jesus resurrecting on Sunday. Jesus' resurrection, I should say, on Sunday. And we have a lot, of, I don't know about you guys, but we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of events coming up in our community and with our church. We have a Good Friday service. We have a Saturday service. We have a Sunday service. We have Sunday breakfast. And it brings a smile to my face. Even during all of this stuff that we're all dealing with this week, it brings a smile to my face. And I think Susie Q061 in the chat Said it best, a lot can happen in three days. It sure can. It sure can. So I would like you guys to all do me a favor. We're, apro- we're approaching a 1,000 people watching, 10 minutes past the hour. So I'd like all of you, if you can, to smile. Just smile right now. As soon as you hear me say that, put a big smile on your face from ear to ear like this making sure it's a real smile and look up to the heavens and say, thank you, Jesus. And think of all the great things that he gives you on top of the breath that you're using to thank him. That should be enough right there. But if it's not, think of all the great things in your life and smile. I want to bring joy to this podcast this morning because it seems like so many people are tired broken down, but you want to know what good deeds bring energy, good deeds bring stamina, good deeds bring peace and good deeds bring joy to your life. And if you want to speak of it more selflessly, not selfishly, it brings joy to God. It brings a smile to God's face. Look, if we're made in his image, then you know that he must smile like we smile. You know that he must laugh like we laugh. You know that he must have a sense of humor like we have a sense of humor. You know that he must anger like we have anger. We're made in his image. Of course he's going to relish and smile when we smile towards him. And we've let this, we've let Satan, we've let this devil, and the people that worship him take our eyes and our focus off of Holy Week. Now, I know that there's going to be a lot of you in the chat that say, didn't take my eyes off Holy Week, and that's great, but so many of us were pulled away from God's word this week, and that was done strategically by these worshipers of the devil and by by himself. He said, boy, how can I really, really, really? Jeremy, did you watch Julie Green this morning? Sounds like you did. No, I never watch her. I never, ever, 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 ever watched Julie Green. And if I do see her, I just see like two or three minute excerpts of her. So no, I did not. But I'm glad. I'm glad that she's saying that. Because that lets me know that God's people are on the same page. And the devil definitely used this week and the stuff with Trump and everything else. Ben in in a firefight and Ben coming on last night and talking about those Incredibly difficult things to hear. But we're going we're gonna to flip the tables, pardon the pun. We're going to flip the script. We're going to turn the tides. And we're going to smile today. So why don't we go to the Lord in prayer right now, together, with a smile on our face. The one thing that Satan would not want us to have right now. Happiness, joy, peace, smiles. He hates that. So let's do that right now. See, Cappy said, I watched it for the first time. Spot on. That's incredible. You guys, make sure when you watch her again, let her know in the comment section that we give love from LFA here. Ashley, you're very welcome. We'll be sending that out today. God bless you. Jeremy, I got my Bible. Also happy to say that I'm getting my two boys and my husband to go to church on Easter Sunday. Now that makes me happy, and I'm glad you got your Bible. We're sending more out tomorrow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, God, help us keep our focus on you, not only every single day of our lives, but especially during this Holy Week. We know that the devil has been using strategic and cunning ways to get our focus off of Jesus Christ during the most Holy Week of the year. Lord, we thank you for giving us the knowledge and the know-how and the ability to know that we were being led astray with all of the stuff that happened this week and that we were able to listen to the call of Jesus and listening to the Holy Spirit inside our body and using the Holy Spirit as a GPS guide us back to being able to smile and show love and gratitude and thankfulness for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And not only for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but for the selfless act of taking all of our sins upon himself so that we could once again have a covenant and a relationship and a pathway back home to heaven with you. Lord, help us keep focus for the rest of Holy Week. We pray for Israel right now. They are being bombarded with rockets. And for the one time in history, it looks like the United States of America is not helping Israel the way they should. Lord, we pray for our leaders, as corrupt as they may be, that you soften their hearts. Get rid of the corruption, the desire for money and power that they have, Lord. Only through Jesus Christ will they experience true freedom. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And while we're focused on Jesus during this Passover, while we're focused on the sins that he took for us, let's also focus on praying for the people that hate our guts. Let's also focus on the people and pray for the people that want us dead and that want Donald Trump dead. You and I cannot beat them. But they can't beat God. And what we really want is not for them to die. But for them to be transformed into the light of God. That's what we really want. Think about it. I would much rather have our enemies. See the light of the Lord like Paul did on his way to Damascus. Before Jesus caused him to go blind. Drop to their knees and repent for everything they've done to us and people around the world and the atrocities they've committed towards God himself. That's what we really want. Obviously, we want human justice, but we want heavenly salvation for these people more than anything. Amen. Let's go to the rumble chat here this morning and let's see what the LFA family is saying while we give some live shout outs here. How you doing, Amanda? How you doing? Good to see you. We love you. Amanda, so sorry. Sending love. Not sure what happened, but obviously we are too. Happy birthday, Christy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Christy. Happy birthday to you. I can't lie, Jeremy. I want evildoers to be punished. I know. That's the flesh talking, though. I have that same fleshly desire. I don't know what happened to Amanda, but we are praying for her. As you remember your brother. Oh, okay. Okay, definitely. Praising God, says Karen. Amen. That's exactly why the devil is using this week to get our mind off Jesus. That was the week that he defeated, that he was defeated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Just got my husband the field of greens. That's incredible. Mag American says, God bless you, Jeremy. Asking for prayers for fam. We are being persecuted. Please pray for Mag American's family, everybody. Thank you for giving me the words to pray for our enemies. It's so difficult because usually I just want them to burn in hell. I don't, uh, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean, 100%. Everybody saying happy birthday to Christy. How you doing, Bama Lady Kim from North is that Mississippi or is that Missouri? I think it's Mississippi. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Let's see one more here. There is nothing wrong with wanting punishment. We just don't wish it on them. Well, that's exactly right. We want them to face the, the justice, the, the punishment of the justice that they, uh, that, that they need, 100%. But overall, we do want them to, to, to know God. And it has been a bad week of distractions, but guess what? Now we are going to distract ourselves from the distractions by going back to God. Amen? We'll distract ourselves from the distractions by going back to God. I thought that was a dove, but it was a seagull. I was going to say that's pretty reminiscent right there. But you know what I mean. Let's go to one minute prayer for dads, folks. Now I titled today's show, Good Deeds Bring Energy, Peace, and Stamina. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that good deeds bring you peace, energy, and stamina? Well, we're going to break into that today as we go through each and every one of our devotional books. And then we're going to end, of course, with the verse of the day today. I'll ask you all to please do me a very, very, very big favor. Doing a very, do, a very, uh, do me a very big favor. Rumble this video. Reach down and just like the video. And at the same time, share the video. Let's get, as, let's get the word of God to as many people as we possibly can so that we can get their distractions away from the distraction, if you know what I'm saying. We really need your help in that, okay? Here we go. Page 26 from One Minute Prayer for Dads. And we're going to be reading from Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts 20, if you have your Bibles. Or if you have this book, you can follow along. Page 26. Here we go. And this is titled, Giving. It's, all, it's what the whole show is about today. Giving and helping others. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, quote, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Life is made up of givers and takers. A great dad teaches and models giving as a natural part of living. When you write checks to support a missionary or when you give to your church or to the local cancer society, bring your kids into it. Invite them to give from their allowances and teach them how to pray for those to whom they give. Now, my children do not get an allowance. Their allowance is a roof over their head, food in their bellies, and clothes on their backs. However, we do pay our children when they go above and beyond and do extra jobs outside of their normal chores. And what we do is we then get them to give a portion of that or we at least encourage them to give a portion of their earnings from the extra work that they did to charity, to church, to somebody who needs it. Invite them to give their allowance and teach them how to pray for those to whom they do give it to. Train them early to experience the greater blessings in giving than in receiving. Lord, I receive a blessing every time I give to you or every time I give, excuse me, and have set the pattern for giving. You gave me life to begin with. How incredible is that? That is an unpayable debt. You gave me life to begin with. You gave me eternal life through Christ. You've given me my family. And you've continually given us a means of support. As we received great blessings through your giving. I pray we as a family can make giving rather than receiving our goal. Help us each day to see ways to give to others. May giving become second nature to our entire family, especially my kids. So when I titled today's show, Good Deeds Bring Energy, Peace, and Stamina, it's all tied around giving to others. Now, we know this at the most basic level, don't we? By the way, thank you, Amanda Collins, for the cup. We know this at the most basic level, meaning that at uh, Christmas time, ever since we were children, we feel better about giving a Christmas gift than we do about receiving one, right? Now, everybody likes gifts, don't get me wrong. But think about how you feel when you actually give to somebody else. Now think about this. Imagine multiplying that giving, that one act of giving. Multiply that by a thousand. Now what do I mean by that? Well, it's said, and I will say this again, I'll reiterate this again when I do the verse of the day today. But it is said that Jesus did so much in his life, but particularly in the three years of ministry that Jesus had on this earth before he was murdered and tortured. It is said that Jesus did so much that if everybody was to write down and record every good deed that he did for somebody, the world would not be able to contain the amount of writings that that he did. The world would not be able to contain that on paper. Now, the Bible is to be taken very literal in so many ways, but it's also got a lot of analogies, metaphors, parables. But in those analogies, metaphors, and parables, it's actually to be taken very literal as well. So think about Jesus' life and think about his three years of ministry. Every second of his life. He was doing something for somebody else. And I think that the show The Chosen actually captured this better than anything I've ever seen. Because there were moments when you seen Jesus laying underneath a horse and carriage, fixing a wheel for somebody's uh, carriage that their horse or that their mule was, was, was pulling. It showed Jesus washing people's feet. It showed Jesus washing people's clothes. It showed Jesus doing the Duties and responsibilities that the other disciples were doing. uh, Pushing wheelbarrows, carrying bags, carrying water. Jesus was out forging for food. Jesus was mending clothes for people. Every moment of Jesus' life was to serve somebody else. The very fact that I'm even saying that right now makes me want to bust out in tears. Because I know that I don't. I know that I don't. Now I do my best. I do my best to help as many people in a day as I possibly can. If I see somebody walking, I ask if they need a ride. If I see somebody in the rain, I ask if I can get them out of the rain and get in my truck. If I see somebody in front of me counting out change and not having, uh, clearly not having enough money, for their purchase at the store, even if it's cigarettes and booze, I pay for it. I try to do as many good things as I can, and I still don't do enough. I still don't do enough. Not if I'm trying to be Christ-like. Christ's entire life was to serve. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Hi, Carla Reynolds. How are you and the kids? Good to see you. It's been a long time. How's your husband? We get our energy. We get our stamina. We get our peace. We get our joy from giving to others and helping others. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to to be served. The Son of Man, the Son of God came to serve others. Imagine that. Imagine a God who created everything serving the very people that he created. Doesn't that make you want to shed a tear? Especially when you think of yourself Now, most of you out there are probably like me. You help people every day, but we can always do more. And that's what I feel guilty of. I feel guilty that I don't do more. But I feel very happy at what I do every day. When I think about the people that I do help every day, even though it could be more, I feel very happy. You won't know how many lives and hearts you've touched until you see Jesus. Well, that's true. That is true. But I'll tell you this. If this week has taken your focus off of Holy Week, if this week has taken your attention off of God. If for some reason this week has tired you out. Or made you feel like you don't have any stamina. Or, I just can't take it anymore. America is just too far gone. Do you know where you can go to fix all that? You can go and help somebody. As bad as it gets, even it out. Be the, be the teeter-totter, right? Be the seesaw of life. And every time you feel weary, every time you feel like it's, you cannot push anymore, every time you feel like the devil has gotten a hold of your life, go help somebody. Go help somebody. Go give something to somebody. Go lift somebody else out of the dirt, out of the muck, out of the swamp, out of quicksand. Do whatever you got to do. And all of a sudden, you will be restored with faith. You will be restored with joy. You will be restored with peace, energy, stamina, much like you've never, ever, ever felt before. Remember the lady at the well, the Samaritan lady at the well? She goes there and she draws water. And Jesus says, my well never, ever goes dry. The well of my father never goes dry. And you can go there and you can get anything you need, anytime you want. I want to tell you a story, if I can. I want to tell you a story about last night. Rosebud said, Jeremy, my worst day is when I'm focused on me. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you a story. I had a phone call last night with Ryan Mata. Now, Ryan Mata, uh, he's a new uh, LFA TV host here. And I had a talk with him last night about the Trump rallies that we're going to be covering because he's such a good cameraman. He's going to be at all the Trump rallies for us. And he was very, uh, he felt very defeated as an American last night. (laughs) He felt very defeated. He says, what are we going to do? How far is this going to go? Can't we do X? Can't we do Y? Can't we do Z? Are we headed for civil war? And is this country gone? Ryan, if you're here, God bless you, my brother. Chime in. Do you want to know what my response was to him? I let the Holy Spirit talk on this one because there was a million ways I could answer that. But he was deflated. He was defeated last night, and I could hear it in his voice. And like I said... He said, is the country gone? Are we destined for civil war? Is everything about this country dead? And instantly the Holy Spirit brought me back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember the plea to God? God, if. There are 50 good people here, and I might be paraphrasing. I, I, I don't know if that was the exact number that it was started with. God, if there's 50 people in, this, in these cities that are good, will you spare this city? God said, yeah. If you can find whatever many, I don't remember how many it started with. Maybe it was only 10. I can't remember the story exactly. Maybe somebody can help me out. But the, but the Lord said, yes, if there's even that many people there, I will spare Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's that many people that are good there, I'll spare the entire, bo- I'll, st- I'll spare both cities. 50? Okay, thank you very much, water cop. But he couldn't find 50 people. So I believe he came back and was like, if I could find 20 people, I believe that was the next step. If I could find 20 good men, will you spare the cities? Fine, if you could find 20, then yes, I will spare the city. Then he went down to 10, then he went down to 5. Point of the point of the story is God said if there was even just a few that were there that were good, he would spare the city. And I said to Ryan, if you stop watching the news today, you stop watching the news, you stop watching LFA TV, you stop researching, you shut down everything, you get yourself away from electronics, you don't look at the TV, you don't look at the internet, you don't look at your phone, and you just travel the country. What are you going to see? Because I've done it. You're going to see people helping each other. You're going to see people opening their door, opening doors for people. You're going to see people saying thank you. You're going to see people saying please. You're going to see see people saying you're welcome. You're going to see love. You're going to see strangers hugging. You're going to see greatness all throughout this wonderful country. You're going to see God's hand at work in every single state. And yes, even within the very, very bad and woke cities like Chicago and New York City and Los Angeles and Austin and Dallas We are so far from gone. We are so far from dead. We are so far from God turning his face from us. And especially since we overturned Roe v. Wade at a national level. God is coming back. Jesus revival is happening. This country is so far from being dead and gone. There's so much good. There are so many God-fearing, God-loving people in this country. We're not even close to where they want you to think we are. No offense, but you also see homelessness and crime. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. You'll see a lot of bad, but guess what? You're going to see so much good in this country. Meaning this, that this country is not yet ready to be con- Destroyed. This country's not yet ready to, be, to go the same path as Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's the thing, though. The news, the politicians, Washington, D.C., the billion-dollar companies, they want you to believe, and this is why you leave the mainstream media every day feeling like you want to put a bullet in your head. Because the, the, the powers that be in all facets of brainwashing, whether it be marketing, advertising, billboards, TV, phone, whatever, they want you to think that you are living in with no hope. Because where there's no hope, there's no salvation. And where there's no salvation, there's no God. They want you to have no hope. That's what they want you to have. No hope. They want you to look at life and go, there is nothing worth fighting for. There is nothing worth praying for. There is nothing worth looking to God and asking God to do anything because there's no hope. That is what they want you to believe. I refuse to believe that. And as far as the homelessness goes that you guys are talking about in the comment section, do you realize... That if all of us decided to go help the homeless, we could fix the homeless problem in this country in less than a year. If we, the people, did not wait for the government, state, local, and federal, to help our homeless. Now, some homeless don't want to be helped, and that's the way it is. Some homeless do not want to be helped. Some drug addicts do not want to be helped. Some criminals do not want to be helped. And that's okay. But guess what? As long as there's little lights shining like you and I, there is hope. There's always hope. But they want you to believe that there is no hope. We're not, we refuse We refuse to believe there's no hope. Rise Up is not a no-hope show. Rise Up is God's podcast. It is filled, filled with hope. It's filled with energy. It's filled with peace. It's filled with stamina. It's filled with giving. It's filled with love. It's filled with everything. This country may have many, many problems. And there may be many demonic forces and many demon-possessed people trying to destroy every facet of this country. And don't get me wrong. Every pillar of, of this foundation of this country is literally being attacked as we speak. But guess what? I'm reminded of something. Sodom and Gomorrah. And there are a heck of a lot more than 20 good people. There are a heck of a lot more than 50 good people. There are millions of God-fearing people that love God, that love Jesus, that have hope, that are doing what they can in this country. And as long as those people exist, then I'm reminded of a phrase that we use right here on Rise Up and within LFA TV, and that is, you can't beat God. Miranda Dolan just said it. And Miranda Dolan... I want to say thank you on behalf of all the LFA TV hosts for all the cards that you sent for them. They've received them and they're so very incredibly happy. There are 1,400 people in here right now with hope. There are 1,400 people in here right now that realize this country is worth worth saving in so many ways and that we're far from dead. We're far from gone. We're far from the... We're far from what the Founding Fathers envisioned. But we're also far from what the demonic forces envision this country will be. We have an opportunity right now. But it's got to be done through God. It's got to be done with hope. And it's got to be done with strong individuals, strong Christian soldiers like yourselves who are not going to let their little lights be extinguished, who are not going to fold like a lawn tra- chair in the face of adversity. I showed you that video I posted by, um, uh, on The Chosen the other day, where Jesus said, you cannot falter and wait. You cannot fold every time something bad happens. What are you going to do when I'm gone? That's exactly right. And God said that we would have more impact and have more power than he had when he walked the earth if we 100% fully believe in Jesus and believe that he's given us the power to do this. We have the power to save everything. We really do. But the devil, just like this week, just like he's been able to do this week in our entire lives, makes us feel like somebody else out there will do it. Somebody else out there can take control. Somebody else will make sure that everything's okay. No, you are called. That's why you're here right now. Everybody that's watching on Rumble, the 1,400 people that are watching on Rumble, the thousands that are watching on digital TV and and, and podcast and the app, you're being called. That's why you're here. You're not here just to listen. You're not a spectator in this war of demonic forces and spiritual evil. You're not a spectator. You might think you are, but you're not. You might think you are, but you're not. I want to go to day 96, friendship. From Job 29.4, which says this. When I was in my prime, God's friendship was felt in my home. When I was in my prime, God's friendship was felt in my home. Job 29.4. Now, when I give you guys the verses... I strongly encourage you guys to write these verses down. And then after the show or after all the shows on LFA TV, whenever you get a moment to spend with God, go back to these verses and read them in their context. Read all, read the entire chapter. That's what I do. John 15, 15. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I told you everything the father told me. One of the first casualties of a busy life is friendship. I think my friends would, be, would say that. My best friend Jimmy would say that. I don't spend any time with him anymore. Often, and, and, and I'm reminded of this. And before I get back to this, this is kind of convicting me in real time here. I'm reminded of this. If you go back and watch The Chosen, Philip, in his first evening with Jesus, sitting there and, 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 and talking with Jesus about the mission ahead, Philip says to him, hey, if you don't mind, and only if we have time, if you don't mind, I'd like to stop and see a friend if we have time. And Jesus' response, Jonathan Rumi playing Jesus, uh, his response was, if we don't make time for friends, we won't have any left. That's me being convicted in real time. I have set aside my friendships, even with Eli. Eli Eli's a great friend of mine, but him and I have been so busy doing this, we haven't had time to even spend together as friends like we used to. Jesus said, if we don't make time for friends, we won't have any left. Such a good point. Thank you, Jesus, for sharing that with me this morning. Now I can get myself in gear on that. Often we don't even realize it's missing because the more activities we have, the more people that surround us. We all have a need for close friendship. We need others in our lives who will challenge us to make a sharper, bolder, gentler and more Christ-like decision. Dear Jesus, I know you are my friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yet sometimes I need the comfort of friends that I can see and touch. Help me invest in friends. Amen. How many of you out there are neglecting your friends because of a busy life? Maybe because you're addicted to LFA TV? How many of you out there are like me? Neglecting your friendships. I've done it for so long. I've neglected my friendships because I've made my three times a day here with you guys my friendships. But in the, in the crosshairs of that are my actual friendships. Iris says I have none left. Halloween says they're neglecting us. Kitchen Head says me, unfortunately. Oh, Wretched Man says guilty of this. Many friends wrote me off. Yes, I feel the same way, Robbie. Jeremy, you and Eli go play golf. Well, we will as soon as it warms up. I can promise that. LFA TV does take up most of my days off, says the one I am. Yes, addicted to LFATV. That's a pretty good addiction, though. Well, I don't think any addiction is a good addiction, but I, if you're going to be addicted to something, I agree. How many of you are uh, drinking on Rise Up Coffee, by the way? I got the Southern Pecan. You know what? The Southern Pecan that we have here, folks, this is such an amazing coffee. It actually smells like a candle. <laughs> like if you were to light a pecan uh, coffee candle in your house, that's what it smells like when you're brewing it. It's really amazing. I have LFA TV full-time at our resort. Eli, you hear that? That's incredible. That's incredible. Awesome. I love to hear that. Um, let's go to Jesus Listens because a good friend does listen. A good friend does listen. And you know, another thing too, guys, friends fight. <laughs> friends fight just like spouses do. I couldn't tell you how many fights I've got in with, with my closest friends. Now, I'm lucky. I have two best friends, friends that I've had for years. I've known Eli since 2005, and I've known my, bu- my, my buddy uh, Jimmy since 1991. Still friends to this day. And I've had a lot of fights with my friend Jimmy. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes I'm right. But that's okay, too. What I've noticed about when men fight as friends, they make up, like, I don't know, a week later... When women fight as friends, they make up 25 years later <laughs> over the dumbest stuff, too. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong or am I right? Women, I don't know what it is about women. Women seem to hold a grudge a lot longer than men when their friends get in a fight with them. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Women do hold a grudge a lot longer than men, it seems like, though. It definitely does. When a woman gets in a fight with somebody, she never talks to them again until the day they die, I think. <laughs> Men, we just put, whatever, we push it aside. Oh, it is funny. (laughs) Oh, wretched man says wrong. Uh... (laughs) Not me. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Some do, says Liz. Iris says you're right. LOL, that is so true. Uh... (laughs) Women never forget. I think that's what it is. Men forget too easily. Oh, look, a bird. Women are like, no, I remember that. Time that you wore my sock when we were younger. I hate your guts. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, oh, not always true. I know, Renee. I know. Uh, April, 5th, uh, April 6th, excuse me. Supreme Lord Jesus, I want to trust you enough to let things happen without constantly striving to predict or control the outcome. That's something that we've all been guilty of, right? Sometimes I just need to relax, chill out, calm down. Everything's going to be okay and refresh myself in the light of your everlasting love. Even though your love light never dims, I'm often unaware of your radiant presence. Like this week, right? I realize that when I focus on the future, mentally rehearsing what I will do or what I will say, I'm seeking to be self-sufficient. This attempt to be adequate without your help is a subtle sin now, somebody asked the other day about sin. And I said that there was deadly sins, and then there was sins that were sins that were not deadly, but sin is still sin. There are levels of sin. And even though sin is still sin, and God looks at all sin the same way, there are deadly sins. And then there are the sins like, you know that you should be doing something, but you're not doing it. You know that you shouldn't be doing something, but you're doing it. You know, like Habits. Those are still sins, but they're not deadly sins. And I know that's hard to understand. But I think Halloween hit it right on the nail. She said there's misdemeanor sins, then that means there's felony sins, right? Misdemeanors and felony sins. And there's only one sin that's unforgivable. And that was the sin that Satan committed himself. So that even though there are levels, and God still looks at all sin the same way, I know that's hard to understand, but it is true. And that's why it says subtle sins here. So common that it usually slips past me unnoticed. Lord, teach me to live more fully in the present, depending on you moment by moment. I don't need to fear my inadequacy. Instead, I can rejoice in your abundant sufficiency. You're going to have inadequacy. You are inadequate. You are not adequate. You're just not. You're not worth it. I mean, you're, you're, it's not, you're not the same. You don't have the adequate uh, necessities that God needs for you to have in order to be in a relationship with him. That's why you just give it to Jesus. That's what you need to understand. I know it's hard to do, but that's what we all need to understand. You are training me to seek your face continually. Even when I feel competent to handle things by myself. Instead of dividing my life into things that I could do by myself and things that I require your help, I want to learn to rely on you in every situation. As I live in trusting dependence on you, I can face each day confidently and enjoy your loving presence. It's not easy. It's not easy. Angel Girl says, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, the one I am says, I won some, lost some. Most ended with us, too tired to swing, but all them ended in a in a new good brother. If we aren't growing closer to Christ, we are falling away. That's exactly right. And iron sharpens iron. Good call. Good point. Now I want to go and I want to read from the verse of the day today. And again, I titled today's verse, Good deeds bring Energy, peace, and stamina. Let's get into it. Good morning. Today we will speak of good deeds towards others. Why do we do them? What does it accomplish? How does it help you grow? As we get into the verses, ask yourself, who have you been unkind toward lately? Is there somebody that is in your life right now, think about it, that is struggling in some way and you just ignore all of it because addressing it will, be, will either cause heartache, pain, or an argument. If so, then this message is from God to you today. You don't have to admit it in the chat, but I want you to listen closely, okay? I want you to listen very closely to this because if that sounds like you and you're avoiding helping somebody because of what it's going to bring, You know what I mean? God's speaking to you today through Galatians 6, 9, and 10. That is Galatians 6, 9, and 10, which says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap. If we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. Every day I wake up, every single day, I ask God for opportunities to help someone or to do good for someone. Every day I tell my kids before I leave for work and before they leave for school to ask And pray for the same exact thing. Why? It's the number one thing that we are called to do. That's why. It's exactly what Jesus' ministry was all about. It was stated that if every action that Jesus took throughout those three years was recorded, the world would not be able to contain the writings that documented them. That means that every second of Jesus' mortal life, he was in service to others. He said that the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. Imagine that God almighty in the flesh, giving up everything to become a helpless baby just so he could grow up and serve the very same humans that he created. Before I start reading this, somebody said, Jeremy, I don't think you can put setting uh, differences can be put into women and men categories because it really depends on each person's decision to forgive. I'm speaking in general terms. Obviously, I'm not speaking about every man and every woman, but in general, women hold on to stuff longer than men. That's just true. But yes, I agree. Everybody is different. Now, let's get back to this. That means that every second of Jesus' mortal life, he was in service to others. God Almighty in the flesh, giving up everything to become a helpless baby just so he could serve the humans he created. No other God for any other fake man-made religion can say that. Nobody can lay claim to that fame except for God. Talk about humbling. If we are to be Christ-like, shouldn't we strive to do the same? Think about it today. Make it your mission to help as many people as you can in any way that the Holy Spirit guides you. If you listen to him hard enough, the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to know what is wrong with even strangers without even asking them. Without even asking them, though, you'll know what's wrong. Thank you for this knowledge. Thank you for this responsibility, Jesus. We love you, and we strive to be like you every day. In your holy name we pray, amen. I'm going to read that again at 11 o'clock. But for right now, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. I hope today's show helped you. I hope you were inspired by today's show. I hope in in some way, shape, or form, uh, today's show will guide you to do exactly what we talked about, and that is give or help somebody else. I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with joy in the morning. And remember, Sean Farish is coming up next with ungoverned, Followed by Life from America. Followed by Unafraid. Followed by Loud Majority. Followed by Matter of Fact. Followed by Wrong Think. Followed by Moody with Isabella. Followed by Life from America. Followed by... Will Johnson and culture wars and ending the day with man in America. So God bless each and every one of you. Please do not forget to rumble this video on your way out. Join Sean next. It's going to be a great show. God bless you guys. Have a great morning. Enjoy your rise up coffee and I'll see you at 11. Bye-bye. Everything
0: happens for a reason, but you don't know what you don't know. And you'll never have peace if you don't let go of tomorrow. Cause it ain't even fate till your plan falls apart. But you still choose to follow. If it doesn't make sense right now, it will when it's over. And there will be joy in the morning. There will be joy morning. If it's not good, then he's not done, or he's not done with it yet. There will be joy in the morning.